0: Thank you for joining us for another lesson from God's Word. Anytime you're in Huntsville, we hope you'll come be part of our worship. The West Huntsville Church of Christ at Providence is located at 1519 Old Monrovia Road Northwest, Huntsville, Alabama 35806. We hope you'll enjoy this lesson brought to us by Glenn Colley. If you would open your Bibles. The scripture reading before tonight's lesson comes from 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 12 and 13. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. And that's going to be the text for our lesson tonight, so if you want an outline, there you have it, First Timothy chapter 4 and verse 12. It's wonderful to see all of you here, and we have a lot of people who are visiting, and Graduation's an exciting time. Can you remember uh, your high school graduation? I, I, can, I can remember mine pretty vividly, and uh, what an exciting time. I was, I was going to school. I was headed to school, and I just couldn't wait. And I was launching from my parents, and I think they were kind of excited about it too, really, um, And went to Fried Hardemann. I, I think it's exciting for all of our graduates, all different ages but perhaps especially for high school graduates and college graduates because there's a lot that's right now in front of you that's going to be new and challenging. And so I'm not going to preach for very long because we have so much we're going to do tonight, but I decided 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 12 is what I want to do, and I'm going to give you a checklist of six, six things. So you're getting ready for your new life as a graduate. There's six things I want you to keep as a checklist. You say, am I a faithful Christian? Hmm. I... I, I um, I would say this is a pretty good list. I, I, I want to preface this by saying that you know that in our Christian universities I'm, I'm, you know, I, uh, I'm thinking particularly about Fried Hardeman, I have more connection with Fried Hardeman. but did you know that one of the problems that they have is that it's that so many students graduate from high school, and now they don't have their parents? guarding, guiding their faith, and uh, a large number of the students don't come on Sunday mornings because they have something really important to do. You know what that is? Sleep, right, sleep. So what happens is on, on Sunday nights in the, the, the uh, Henderson church there, you can go and visit Sunday nights, and they'll announce whoever wants to eat the Lord's Supper because you couldn't be here this morning, come to this room. And I'm telling you, they just, they just flood the aisles. That's really very much, uh, that's very sad. That's just a shame. When you leave your your parents' guidance about faith, I want you to just take that very seriously. What's your faith worth? I mean, you've come to this point. How strong is your faith? Make sure, make sure wherever you, if you go to school, you're going to go to college or whatever you choose, but whenever you get out from under their roof, Be sure that your faith is real and that you jump in with both feet and you get real practical about it. Okay, here's the checklist, six things. Number one, be an example of the believers. Now, that's not number one, but that's the preface of it. In other words, if, if people want to know what a Christian looks like, they ought to be able to look at you. When you take this next step in life after you've graduated, wherever that's going to be, when people look at you, he says, I want... I don't want them to despise your youth. I want them to look at you and, and say, you know, that's, that's what a Christian looks like in word, in word. What that means is that, that you don't use bad language. How are you doing on that one? You don't use bad language. Now, there's a couple of different ways a person could do that. Exodus chapter 20 and verse 7 of the Ten Commandments, don't use the name of the Lord your God in vain. Never do that. Oh, that just it makes me tremble to think about ever using his name in vain. If you use the name of God in whatever form, God or Lord or Jesus, be sure that you mean to speak with reverence about God or Lord or Jesus and never ever use it in a profane way, a way that is just an exclamation because something amazing just happened and you just fling out the name of God. That would be to use his name in vain. You must never do that. And then Colossians 4 and 6 says, let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt. I think that last part's very interesting. Seasoned with salt means that, that it's palatable. And, and so it's, 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 it's kind of interesting about bad words. I know some bad words. I don't use them, but I know some. And I don't use them because they're not, they're not um, appropriate. They would offend the ears of good and honest people of Christian people, and we ought to use those. Let your, let your speech be seasoned with salt. So cut out of your vocabulary any words that would be offensive. Now, I know that the bad words change. I mean, I've read the King James Bible, and there are some words in there that I don't use because now they're considered very coarse. And I don't want anybody to be offended by my words. All right, the first one is, let's get the checklist going. Be an example of the believer in, believers in word. In word. And here's the second one, in your conduct. That's very broad. It's kind of, it reminds me of, of Titus chapter 2 and verse 4. And the older women are to teach the younger women, and it has a list there. And one of the names or the words on the list is, you teach them to be good. Hmm, I like that. It's, it seems ambiguous, and yet I think we know what it means. Teach them to be good. And this this one says, be an example of the believers in conduct, in the way that you conduct your deportment, how you conduct yourself. Let me tell you, Christians are, are unique. Now, this is not rocket science. This is, this is what you already know, but what's about our conduct? If you're a Christian, you practice the golden rule. That's your, your system of ethics. Whatever you would that men should do to you, do you, even so to them. Do unto others as you should have them do unto you. That's what we practice. That's part of your conduct. You work you, you work hard. Because if a man won't work, Second Thessalonians says, 3 and verse 10, if a man won't, won't work, neither should he eat. What about your conduct? I'm not afraid of hard work. Now, we're good with that. We got that. What about your conduct? Romans 13 says that we obey the laws of the land, and we do that not because we're afraid of going to the slammer, but because of conscience. Our conscience guides us to obey the law of the land. That's our conduct. We value marriage, we value family, and we're very serious about that. We're very serious about our worship practices. We're serious about these kinds, of how we raise our kids. These are, these are serious values, and you ought to be able to tell Christians by these values and their conduct. So that's number two on our list. Checklist, how am I doing on these? In word, in conduct. Here's number three, in love. In love. I think that one's very interesting. You know, the Bible never, never says about our love for each other. That love is defined as, as how I feel. It's not about how I feel. First Corinthians 13, you know, there's the love chapter, and you have a rather impressive description of love, but it's not about how I feel. Just warm fuzzies. That's not what, it, that's not what it's about. It's about what I do. It's about my behavior. Love is something that people can see. Be an example of the believers in Love. And love suffers long and is kind and it envies not. It vaunts not itself and it's not easily provoked and thinks no evil and it just goes on. That's what what I do. It's how I behave and not how I feel. Oh, feeling's good too, by the way. I mean, that's, that's great, but the actions is what the Bible is most concerned about. It's about the conduct that I have. Am I a loving person? How am I doing on that? What's my personality? How's my behavior around people? In word, in conduct... In love. Now, here's number four. In spirit. Spirit. Now, this is not the Holy Spirit. This has to do with my attitude. Now, you're going through some interesting years. Some of you graduates, you know, you're in those years when sometimes kids have really bad attitudes. How's your attitude? You're working on your attitude? How's your attitude towards your brother or sister? How's your attitude towards your parents? How's your attitude toward people that you don't particularly like? That are maybe even your enemy. How's your attitude? Ephesians 4 and verse 32 says, Be ye kind one to another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. Whoop, there's a Christian. That's what a Christian looks like. How am I doing on that? How am I doing in in my attitudes? Okay, let's do the next one. Here's number, what's that? Number five. Number five is Faith, faith. So this is Hebrews 11 and 6, and it has to do with my confidence in God. How am I doing on my confidence in God? Now, this is what I was talking about a while ago. The interesting thing about faith is that faith, faith is not something you can see. It's like, like, a, like electricity. Can you see electricity? No, you can see what electricity does. Same thing is true about your faith. And now that you're graduating, if you're graduating from high school, Launching from home, that's very typically the case when you graduate high school that you launch from home into a career or into, into college and you're on your own and how's your faith going to be? Now's a great time to decide that. Don't get weak in your faith just because you're, you're on your own now. I think you ought to be stronger. I think you ought to launch out and be a real grown-up human being. Make sure your faith is strong. Faith is something you can see, Right? So James 2 and 26, faith without works is dead. You, you, you could see it. You could see it by, by people's actions. And what kind of actions? Well, the New Testament says in Romans 10 and 17, that faith comes by hearing the word of God. And so we, we're Christians. We, we live by the New Testament. We follow the teachings of the New Testament. And as a result, people can see our faith. When people look at your faith, what do they see? Are they encouraged by that? I'll tell you something. I'm going to tell you something right now. You, you go ahead and go to college. Those of you who are graduating from high school, if you decide to go to college, you find a faithful congregation, meet the elders and get to know them, and then place your membership there. That's what you ought to do. You know what? And then be faithful. Be faithful to the worship assemblies. Be faithful to the classes. Ask the elders what you can do. I know you're just in college. You say, I'm in college, but find what you can do. Is there some, somebody you could visit? Some people that, maybe widow women that need visiting. And you're, Okay, you're just a student, but I can, I can tell you what. You want people to, not because you're making a show, but people will know about your faith. Could you wash a widow's car? Rake her leaves? College student, could you? I think so. You know what? This says, be an example of the believers. In faith, in faith. And the last one's impurity. Impurity. It's interesting about purity because I, I know that you could define it different ways. In this particular context, it has to do with sexual purity. That's kind of remarkable. And maybe it's because he's talking about young people and that's a particular, particularly strong temptation among young people. You make sure that you are an example of the believers in your sexual purity. And the Bible is just mighty clear about this. Sex is for marriage, period. That's just it. So Hebrews 13 and verse 4, marriage is honorable in all, and the bed is undefiled. Isn't that a beautiful sentence? Incidentally, the intimacy of marriage is not just a privilege of marriage, it's a command of marriage. Read 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Then he goes on in Hebrews thirteen four, marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled. And then he adds, but, for, but fornicators and adulterers God will judge. I know, I know. So this old world that we live in right now, that's going to be really unusual. If you're graduating from high school, you're graduating from college, I'm telling you, I understand that you're in a world where that's considered antiquated and no longer reasonable, but the Bible I preached from reads the same way that my grandfather's read and, and his father before him, and one day the trumpet's going to blow, and when the books are open, one of the books will be the Bible, and... It's going to be open there, too. And so, distinguish yourself as a believer, an example of what believers are like in purity. Now, I'm going to close this short sermon. Don't expect them all to be short this way. It occurs to me that graduating from school is a wonderful thing. It was a wonderful thing in my life. I can remember every time I did it, I was eager for it and happy about it. I don't know why I had to go to elementary school. I always uh, didn't like that very much, except recess was a lot of fun. I was good with that. But it's probably a mistake for us to think about the word graduation and always equating it to school because that's rather small compared to the bigger picture of life. I've lived a good bit of life now, and I understand something about graduating from important things. I would put school, I mean, school's important, of course, I understand that, but I would put it rather low by comparison. The big things you graduate from are going to continue through your life. I was born, and then I I graduated into being able to walk. That was a pretty big transition. Crawling to walking was a lot of fun for me. I liked that. I could go faster, and my mother had to chase me. And then I graduated to being able to talk, and that was good. There's a pretty big graduation there, really, isn't there? We have Liza Jane with us right now, and she's just turned two, and she's gradually graduating into being able to talk, and she can understand more words than she can speak, and she's jazzed by it. She likes it. That's a type of graduation. And then you graduate eventually from... from being at home, and usually this is connected with education in some way, to being out from under your parents' roof. Maybe that starts early when you're in elementary school, or maybe it starts later when you graduate from high school. But there's a graduation there that's of major proportions when I leave my parents' roof and I go on my own. That's a, that's a big deal, isn't it? And then many of us graduated when we married, we graduated into to not living by ourselves, but living with a marital partner. There's a big graduation in life. That's quite a transition. And before long, then we transition. We graduate into having our children. And the irony of that is that you're going to graduate now into a parent, and you're going to you're going to watch the same things in your little children that you did yourself. And now you're a parent. You're a parent. And one day there's going to come a time when you're going to have a strange graduation from going to being, recognizing your parents to being the parent over your parents. You will have graduated to that. You will become their parent. Those are the most important graduation moments in your life. I'm I'm in favor of education, secular education. I understand how important that is. I'm just saying that what's going to be most important in your life will not necessarily be those graduations. What would be most most important are the the ones that are characteristic of just, just getting on with the business of living. And you need the Lord. And you need to be faithful to the Lord all of your life. We talk about marrying somebody who will be right beside you in all the seasons of life. We mean essentially the same things, I guess. What you need is to be a Christian in all seasons of life, all the different times of life. And I want you to know if you're graduating tonight that we love all of you. And it is our prayer that God will bless you every step, and He will, and you walk with Him. You always must walk with Him. If there's someone here tonight who wants to be a Christian, we'd be so happy to assist you and baptize you into Christ for the remission of your sins. Have you been studying about that? Have you made up your mind that's what you want to do? We could take care of that tonight. We'd be delighted to do that. If you need the prayers of the Christians now, it would be a wonderful time to do that. We'll pray with you. We hope you have enjoyed this lesson from God's Word, brought to us by Glenn Colley. If you have comments or questions, Glenn can be reached by email at colley at westhuntsville.org.